You're listening to Rashkin Report. You're listening to WSUW 91.7 FM in Whitewater, Wisconsin, The Edge. This is Rashkin Report, and I'm your host, Yuri Rashkin. Uh, joining me today is Ilya Ponomarev, uh, former member of Russia's State Duma, uh, practically a congressman, uh, who is now a resident of Kiev, Ukraine. Ilya, uh, who's joining us via Skype, welcome to the program. Uh, hello, Yuri, for having me. Absolutely. Um, Yes. Ilya, if you could please begin by uh, sharing your opinion on the sanctions that have been uh, passed by Congress uh, that are going to affect, uh, are they going to affect Russia? How painful is this going to be? Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, surely they are going to affect Russia and Russian people. Uh, but firstly, you know, just out of information, as you know, sanctions are divided into two parts. Uh, there are so-called uh, personal sanctions and there are so-called sectoral or economic sanctions. And uh, personal sanctions, they basically restrict uh, movement and freeze assets of uh, uh, particular individuals which are linked to uh, Putin's regime. Uh, and I think that those sanctions, uh, they are effective and... Uh, I personally advocate that they would be widened and that uh, uh, there would be no cherry-picking of uh, particular individuals uh, uh, where the net is too loose, so to say, but uh, uh, that they would be more uniformly applied to the whole circle of uh, Putin uh, cronies and uh, members of their families. Uh, that would be efficient because uh, uh, they all are serving in uh, Russia, but their kids, uh, their uh, wives, uh, their lovers, uh, their friends and relatives, they all are living abroad, they, uh, they prefer to study abroad, they prefer um, uh, to have vacations in Miami, and uh, uh, you, are, you are targeting one particular crook uh, which is next to Putin, he is uh, maybe suffering uh, temporarily inside Russia, but uh, gets uh, benefited with new uh, government uh, uh, procurements and uh, with uh, uh, career promotions, uh, while all his family is uh, enjoying itself uh, uh, here in the United States or uh, in, in, in Europe. And so I think that it has to be uh, uh, more coherent and uh, that those sanctions have to be widened. Uh, uh, but speaking about uh, economic sanctions and uh, sectoral sanctions, uh, I think that uh, uh, they generally are working counter uh, counterproductively because they just help uh, Vladimir Putin uh, to uh, say to Russians uh, that it's not our fault that you are so poor, that it's not my government. Uh, which doesn't know how to uh, uh, drive the national uh, economy. Uh, but it's uh, bloody Americans. It's uh, He was saying bloody Obama. Now he will be saying bloody Trump, uh, uh, which are our native enemies. And that's what I was been telling you all the time, that NATO uh, and the United States is, uh, is uh, something that we need to fight with. And uh, all ordinary Russians, they... Uh, uh, basically, uh, uh, when they're looking at their, their, their personal wallets, uh, they're getting 
confirmation that this is the case and uh, that uh, in general, yes, America is our uh, enemy, which I think would be a mistake because the message should be the opposite. Uh, the enemy, true enemies of Russian people uh, are those who are in Kremlin, uh, those who are in Moscow, and not those who are in Washington, D.C. So do you feel that the sanctions are going to make any sort of a change of regime less likely because people are going to rally around uh, Putin? Or is there a chance that people are going to look at the situation and say, well, this is not working for me um, and get more politically involved? Um, economic sanctions, unfortunately, yes, they are rather solidifying the regime. Uh, they are solidifying the popular supports rather than disrupting it. And uh, uh, we see many examples in history, like the, uh, uh, the most obvious one is the one with uh, Iran. Uh, where sanctions were there for very long period of time, um, uh, what, like 40 years or more, uh, and uh, they uh, didn't produce any uh, substantial result in terms of regime change. Uh, I think what is effective is, uh, is the pressure on the elites. Uh, and uh, uh, maybe in uh, rather long term than short term, uh, those economic sanctions because they uh, obviously they result in, in economic stagnation uh, in Russia, not in economic decline, but stagnation, uh, that this stagnation would lead eventually to tiredness uh, uh, of the uh, elites. Uh, but this is a very slow and painful uh, 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 way, and I think that... Uh, uh, for again, for ordinary Russians, uh, it's uh, it's rather bad uh, and inefficient way how to achieve the change. Ilya, you were a member of State Duma, but now you live in Kiev. You have a, a really unique position in Russian politics because you're a technology entrepreneur. You've been active since your teenage years, really. Um, can you talk a little bit uh, for the audience about the? The, what brought you from uh, Moscow to now that you're in Kiev, and uh, how safe do you feel in Kiev considering uh, political assassinations that are taking place not just in Russia or London, but Ukraine? Um, um, how I wind up being here is I uh, voted in 2014 against the war in Ukraine, and after that, it was an order of Vladimir Putin who said that I should be, uh, as he said, neutralized. And they decided that the best way to neutralize me would be to keep out, uh, out of the country. Um, and uh, when I was on a business trip in uh, 2014, uh, in August 2014, uh, they issued a court order that restricted me from crossing uh, uh, Russian borders so that I could not return back home. And at the time, they uh, uh, froze all my accounts and, and, and suspended all my assets. Um, so basically, you know, out of luck, I, I, I was at... Uh, uh, that time uh, in in the United States, and uh, uh, you know, despite that, I had like literally twenty dollars in my pocket, but I had some friends who helped me to survive, and I stayed in the United States for uh, some year and a half, uh, advising technology companies and uh, living in in the Bay Area in, in Silicon Valley, 
but I always wanted uh, uh, to be more efficient uh, politically, and that's why I decided to go uh, uh, to Ukraine. And as soon as uh, I was able to sustain my living, uh, I have done exactly that and, uh, and went to Kiev. And uh, that's where I live right now and working on uh, uh, U.S.-Ukrainian relations, uh, U.S.-Russian relations uh, and uh, doing investment projects uh, in Ukraine because what I uh, think will affect the situation in Russia most is the economic success and social success of uh, uh, Ukraine. Uh, people should see that uh, the result of revolution that happened in Ukraine in 2014 uh, uh, is prosperity uh, of Ukrainian people. And if we will do the similar uh, change in Russia, then uh, uh, eventually it will lead to prosperity among Russians as well. Uh, so I think that uh, this is what we need to do. Well, li living well is the best revenge. Um, how do you feel Ukraine is doing? Well, um, Ukraine is obviously in post-revolutionary chaos, and uh, uh, it's a very dynamic uh, country with a very dynamic and uh, developed uh, civil society, uh, not very good quality of uh, uh, ruling elites. Unfortunately, they are changing, but it's... Uh, 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 slow and painful uh, process, uh, you know, corruption is still pretty visible, although it's not that bad as uh, as many uh, uh, media likes uh, to say. It's even uh, Russian media, they're, they're trying to overemphasize this. Um, so is Ukraine... Uh, my mind, so is you, would you say that Ukraine is less corrupt than Russia, or is Ukraine less corrupt than people think? Um, uh, Ukraine is less corrupt than people think. Okay. It is corrupt. Uh, Ukraine and Russia, they are corrupt in different uh, fashions. Uh, in Russia, corruption is basically a, a way to, to run the country. It's a, it's a conscious uh, uh, vertical of power that has been created by Putin. Um, yeah, so corruption there is very orderly. Uh, in Ukraine, uh, uh, corruption is like sending the cogs. It's uh, it's uh, very chaotic, uh, as everything here. Uh, uh, so uh, here, corruption is really sabotaging the uh, development of the country. But uh, it's also disrupting uh, any attempts uh, by uh, some of politicians to uh, uh, solidify the power in their uh, personal interests. So basically, in, in, in a sense, corruption in Ukraine uh, uh, helps uh, democratic development of the country because nobody can monopolize uh, uh, the, the, the levers of, of power. Uh, um, uh, at the end of the day, I think it's less uh, uh, disruptive. But unfortunately, it also uh, uh, prevents from uh, doing uh, positive uh, changes uh, in terms of reforms. It's very hard to, to pass uh, necessary legislation uh, through the, uh, the parliament. Uh, it's, it's hard to make uh, necessary government decisions. In a, in, in, in a sense, Ukraine is like a dream of a libertarian because uh, the, the government is nowhere. I will remind listeners that you're listening and watching Rashkin Report. This is 91.7 FM, WSUW, The Edge in Whitewater, Wisconsin, Rashkin Report. And um, 
This is Yuri Rashkin. My guest today is Ilya Pomarov, former member of uh, State Duma in Russia. Uh, Ilya, the other thing that I would love it if you could explain briefly, and I don't know if such thing is possible, um, I, Russia is, as a country has a lot of political movements, politic, you know, a few, and uh, even when we look in the United States, we can say that Utah Democrats are not the same as New York Democrats. But Russian progressives versus American progressives or Russian conservatives versus Amer- you know, it's, it's a such a fascinating upside down view on things of who is considered progressive where. But you were involved actively. You're a member of Communist Party. And, uh, you felt that that was, and you're at the same time person. It's, uh, you've been all over the world. And, uh, you know, you felt that, that was a way to make a difference in Russia. Can you explain how uh, you know what? What are your you know how that fits into your political view? I am uh, myself. Uh, uh, I classify as a left libertarian type person. You know, I am more uh, an anarchist in, in terms of my political beliefs. And uh, in the United States, I uh, tend to uh, team with uh, left liberals. Uh, with uh, people like Bernie Sanders or Howard Dean uh, or Noam Komsky, you know the, the, those are the people uh, who are who are the closest to to, to my personal political position. Uh, in Russia, at one moment in time, uh, the Communist Party, which is not exactly a communist uh, uh, for a very long period of time already, but they retain the name. Uh, at one moment of time, the Communist Party tend to be. Uh, uh, the assembly point of all different leftists uh, in 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 Russia, and uh, at a later point, uh, it was another political party created, uh, which was called uh, a Fair Russia or a Just Russia, uh, and uh, officially it was announced like uh, a social democratic uh, political party. In in fact, also it was a very wide. Uh, uh, leftist coalition from leftist liberals, leftist centrists to uh, 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 labor unions and uh, to uh, left radical groups uh, uh, on, on the streets. And as soon as the organization was created, I took part in the formation of that political movement and was elected uh, from that party uh, to the national parliament and was there for almost 10 years uh, uh, representing Novosibirsk, the, the capital of Siberia. So, um, uh, to my mind, Russia uh, in general is a very left-oriented country. Uh, uh, the values of social justice, uh, the uh, the values uh, of uh, 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 humans as the ultimate value is uh, is is something which uh, is embedded in in, in Russian soul. Uh, unfortunately, our governments usually are quite the opposite. And uh, uh, during the Soviet uh, uh, era, uh, uh, the understanding of uh, solidarity and and uh, the level of trust between people uh, were significantly destroyed, and uh, that prevents very much from formation of uh, uh, real working uh, 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 people's coalitions. Uh, and, and social movements. Uh, basically, we have to recreate everything from the scratch. Uh, and uh, additionally, uh, 
Uh, do you see me, of course? Uh, nope. I, looks like, I don't have yeah. a video right now. That's okay. Oh, there it is. Okay, sorry. Uh, so, uh, and uh, the values of uh, 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 of solidarity and the understanding how social movement uh, can work, uh, uh, it has to be rebuilt from the very uh, uh, from the very beginning, and uh, that's a problem. Plus, the Soviet uh, uh, ancestry uh, uh, significantly uh, discredited. Uh, uh, even words, leftists, uh, uh, socialists, uh, uh, even the word social, and uh, that allows uh, our neoliberals uh, to manipulate the society for already 25 years. Uh, they are masquerading themselves uh, uh, under different disguises, but they continue the same uh, policies, and that started in 1991, and that continues uh, uh, throughout uh, all uh, Yeltsin and uh, and Putin eras, uh, uh, it it has never changed. But I think it will it would be changed inevitably. And I, with my uh, uh, comrades, I think that we will be in the forefront of that change. Ilya, in conclusion, what do you hope will occur in Russia in the in the next five years? Kind of like if you were if you were hoping for something, what would you hope that would be? You know, I think that uh, it's uh, it's it's almost for sure that within these five years it would be a revolution, and uh, the regime will fundamentally change. I don't know how that would happen, and uh, nobody can start the revolution. People can start a coup, uh, but they cannot start a revolution. A revolution would uh, would start by itself, uh, but we can influence the nature. Uh, of that revolution, and we can, of course, design the power uh, that would come to replace the existing one. And uh, that's what uh, I'm uh, working very actively right now, and I think that uh, learning uh, by the experience of Ukraine is very fruitful, and I think that Russian diaspora, uh, which is unfortunately rapidly growing in different uh, parts of the world, because a lot of people currently fleeing Russia, and these are the most talented and, and bright individuals, but uh, they will collect uh, the knowledge and, and the experience from uh, Europe and from the United States and from other uh, parts of the world, and I think they will definitely come back and uh, they will be the people who will uh, build new uh, order in the new Russia. Ilya Panamarev, thank you so much for being on our program. Thanks for having me. You're listening to Rashkin Report.